Hey, everybody. I'm Riggs. He's Murtaugh. She's Trish Murtaugh. No, that ain't it. I'm Hunsacker. He's Mr. Joshua. She's Rihanna Murtaugh. That ain't it either. This is not Lethal Weapon. It's the 100th episode of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? 100? 100. 100. Oh, my God. Really? Welcome to uh, episode 100. It's been a long journey, but we're here, and I'm excited for tonight. What was that? Uh, lethal Weapon? We got Lethal Weapon. Yeah, the original Lethal I was 22 weapon. when that came out. I was 22 years old. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, which is, is it a relation to Ted Glover? I'm not sure. No, no, has no relation. I've been asked okay. that question probably 100 times uh, as a joke, more than likely. That movie made some money. Not bad, Leo. Pretty prosperous, huh? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good film. It was. It was. It's, you know, one of those, I don't know if it was a breakout role for Mel Gibson. I think it's pretty famous already. He had uh, Mad Max and all that, didn't he, before that? Yeah, oh yeah, he did the, the and the Thunderdome stuff. Yeah. Probably cost you a hundred bucks to see it in the theater today. A little shout out for Lisa Weapon today, nineteen eighty seven. How the hell are you, Ted? I'm feeling like a hundred bucks. Ruby, Tootses, I want to correct last week's mistake a hundred times over if I could. And this week I just want to say hello to you. How are you? I am doing good. Happy 100. This is pretty awesome. I really never thought we would do 100 episodes. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to play a game. Okay, 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 okay. Here. This is the best part. Each of you has to appropriately say the word 100 as many times as you possibly can during the show. And when I say appropriately, I mean you can't just go 100, 100, 100, 100. And whoever says it the most wins. Got it? I'm too old. I think I've got about a 105 lead on Drew already. I believe I'm 100% in the can on this one. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ruby. Good to talk to you again. We got 100 things we got to talk about tonight. <laughs> we've got. Here we go. Yeah, we've got some Vikings news, kind of a nostalgia themed show tonight for a little bit of it. We've got Jim Marshall to talk about, we got some uniform information to talk about. We're going to talk training camp battles. We're going to talk about a TV show that's hit Netflix that everybody's talking about. And trivia's back. We got trivia as well. But before we do, got to talk about a couple things. Ruby's going to run a real quick promo for our affiliate. Our affiliate. Uh, Ruby's going to run a real quick promo for our. our... All right. Before we get going, Ruby is going to run a really quick promo for our affiliate. Purple Pain Forms, purplepainforms.com. Ruby, hit it 100 times. There are two places you should probably want to go to to get all your Vikings news and information. One of them is this show right here. The other one is Purple Pain Forms. That's purplepainforms.com. It is the best Vikings message board website conversation room on this here World Wide Web. You could go to 100 other sites, but Purple Pain Forms is the best. They have a lot of contests. They have a lot of great information. They have a bunch of great contributors that give site-only articles and information that you won't see anywhere else. Great group of people to talk with. It's nothing like regular social media. So go to Purple Pain Forms. Great site, well-moderated. Check it out. The other website I'd like to talk to you about real quick is vikingsreport.com. That is our little humble corner of the internet. Ruby's worked about 100 hours to make sure that website's up and running. We got over 100 gifts in our store, I think. Jeez, now he's cheating. (laughs) We've got contests coming up, so go check out vikingsreport.com. It's got a link to Purple Pain Forums, other appearances and shows we've been on, uh, a link to the Vikings Prize Vault that Ruby and Drew do a great job of maintaining. So Purple Pain Forums, vikingsreport.com, go check it out. Go check it out! (laughs) <laughs> go check it out so yeah like i said drew we got a big show going on buddy but you know what yeah, we gotta we do. do you know what we didn't do last week and we got chastised for it yep drew i don't know about you but who's cooler than who and who needs to do what ted <laughs> i'm a hundred times cooler than you are so why don't you fix your little problem and light this hundredth candle he's right light that candle yes Resume the countdown! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. 
Resume the countdown. Now we're off and running. We are off and running. Like so, Riggs. Like Riggs. <laughs> like Riggs and Murtaugh. No killing. No killing. Right. Yeah, right. Piece of cake. Now I'm happy. Do you know what jersey, who, who whose jersey I'm wearing this evening? That's our first round draft pick in 77 from Rice University, Mr. Tommy Kramer. Two-minute Tommy Kramer. And what type of jersey would this be considered in this day and age? I think that would be a throwback jersey. It would be considered a throwback. Why is this important information to share with the populace, the 100 or so people that watch us every week? (laughs) I'll go with Al Noga plus uh, Warren Moon. What does that add up to? Uh, 100. I see. I just got unique. <laughs> I don't even credit for it. <laughs> so why is this important information, Drew? Because the Vikings are going to these throwback jerseys for the first week of the season, aren't they? Isn't that awesome? You know, it would be double awesome if Tampa Bay went to the creamsicles for that game. Yes! That'd be like an old NFC Central throwback game, wouldn't it? O'Donnell, a bad snap, O'Donnell. Now, this could be a big break for Minnesota. O'Donnell trying to kick the ball, believe it or not. I looked in the, for that information today, and they said the Buccaneers have week six. They're going to wear those, but okay. they got to wear them against the Vikings week one. That would have been sweet. But Yeah, that would have been a cool throwback game, yes. I always thought they should wear the throwbacks every, every game, every year. Just go back to that uniform. Yeah, I do too. I think this jersey, and this is from 1969 to 76. Well, well, in the 70s, yeah. By far my favorite jersey, and honestly, I think one of the best uniform combos in the NFL. When you look at their home jersey and then the road whites with the purple and gold stripes, and then both home and road pants were, were white with the purple and gold stripes running down the side. Right. And that, that piping just set those uniforms off, and I loved it. I just loved it. When I was a kid, I always thought that when they, you know, they wore the white, the white jerseys that made them look a little faster. You know when you're a kid and you're in your head, it's kind of, everything's kind of weird? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to surprise you. I had I was a pretty weird kid. You really are crazy. I heard something about the helmet's going to be white. I don't want that. Is that going to happen? Here's the thing, and we'll put this tweet up on the board. I, I saw it. It was from at school Viking seventy two, and he took a screenshot from a website named UniWatch. UniWatch is a website dedicated to sports uniforms, new looks. All that kind of stuff. They mentioned that the Vikings might be going to this white helmet. And there were a few folks that didn't care for the new throwback uniform because for those of us that grew up watching the Vikings, their helmet was a dark purple. And the Vikings helmet currently is this matte, kind of a duller purple color. But there's a theory as to why they've kept the matte helmet. It's (laughs) There are apparently some rumors about the Vikings adding a white alternate helmet later this season. Because the white over white combo that they wore for a home game late last season, which I believe was the game against the Giants, was a big hit with the fans. If so, that would explain why they kept the matte helmet for the throwback, thereby retaining the option for a different helmet shell. And then they talk about there's a catch. You can't, it's not really legal, but the NFL has really bent the rules on that in years with teams wanting to do stuff like that. So, okay, so then you got to assume then with the white helmet, the horns would be purple. I don't know. I'd be willing to take a look at it. No. No? Ted, I don't like the words that are coming out of your mouth. They sound like an ugly pelican. It's like the squawk of an ugly pelican. Your anger level's getting up to about a 100. You need to bring it down to about 20, 25. We'll work the white helmets in at a later date. We lost Bud Grant and Joe Cap this year. If we're going throwback in this season, it would be a rip to them to go white helmets. If you're going to go throwback because we lost those two iconic Vikings we got to go with the purple helmet. That's my call on it. Well, that's fair. Okay. So then would you be willing to explore a white helmet alternative next season? Next season, sure. You can explore anything you want. But the throwbacks, the one you're wearing would be perfect. I like the 69 ones, but I like the 74, 75 ones better. 75, 76, 77, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you see pictures, you know, Madrashad and Sammy White wearing those things and and. <laughs> TK himself and Chuck Foreman, he likes those old jerseys too. Even the old horn. I like the old horn better than the new horn. Do you? See, I like the new horn better. Oh, you do? I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my wall, I redid it, Ted. I see that. I have exactly 100 things back there. Oh, really? Really? Yes, I do. It looks like you're about 99 short of that 100. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 100. I got no, that's actually a good looking wall. You got a good look at the Allen Page, the, the throwback jersey the Vikings wore. 
that they're going with. I really like it. So, yeah, so the Vikings are going with the throwback uniform for the home opener. Well, actually, for the season opener, which is at home against Tampa Bay on September 11th, I believe it is, Sunday. How do you like the new horn over the old one? I just just like – I think it's more well-defined. I like it. You also like Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, because they're a much better school. 100 times better than Michigan. Michigan's 42 times better the last (laughs) few. Oh, here we go. All right, so that's the throwback uniform. Another bit of nostalgia, you know, you talk about this being an important year for the Vikings from a historical standpoint on the passing of Bud Grant and Joe Cap, a couple of Vikings legends. Probably the the guy that is most commonly associated with those old-time Purple People Eater teams, Jim Marshall, once again has made the cut as a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame Senior Selection Committee along with 30 other guys, and we'll put those up on the board here right now. You know, we talked about this last year. Marshall made the cut as a semifinalist last year. I was a lot more optimistic on his chances than you were. We had, I thought, it was a very good discussion on Marshall's chances. Here's a couple bits from our show. About this time last year, we talked about this. Games played, 282. Jim Marshall's first in that also. When you talk about trenches, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, there's only one guy that's played more games, Bruce Matthews. He played 296 games. He's the only lineman that's played more games than Marshall. Marshall's number two. Marshall's also the second highest games played defensive player in all in all the positions. Daryl Green's played 295 games. So when you look at the games played and the seasons played, that's what puts him in. And of course, the sack total of 130.5. Remember, Marshall played in an era where there wasn't the advancements in medicine and physical therapy and things that you have now available to players. I mean, Jim Marshall shot himself clean in a shotgun yeah. and didn't miss a freaking game. And I said, boy, you you really f***ed up. <laughs> you have really f***ed up. You are going to die. Jim Marshall about died jumping out of an airplane doing a parachute jump. Watched all my limbs break as I as I, as I hit the ground. I watched my my legs snap and 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 my my foot come up into my groin, held on by the calf muscle back here. Didn't miss a game. Crazy. I mean, like, look, if Anthony Barr shot himself cleaning a <laughs> shotgun, he'd have been out for two seasons. I mean, he just one of. We love you, Anthony. <laughs> we, we do, but I mean, it, it just goes to the mentality that Jim Marshall had. And we've mentioned this before, just how many of those guys answered the bell every week and didn't miss a game. And Marshall was the guy that was the absolute top of the peak, king of the mountain in that regard. He did not miss a game from the Minnesota Vikings' very first game in 1961 until he retired in 1979. That's not why one he's got to be in there, Ted. Talking defensive line, not kicker. You're not talking a punter. Getting hit every single play, you know, it's remarkable when you look back on it. You know, a guy I follow on Twitter, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, he had a tweet about Jim Marshall that I think absolutely personifies the whole argument for Marshall going to the Hall of Fame. In the storied history of the NFL, you cannot tell the NFL story without the Minnesota Vikings being mentioned. Super Bowl futility and all, some of the greatest players to ever play the game have worn the purple and gold. You can't talk about the history of the NFL without talking about the Minnesota Vikings. And you absolutely cannot talk about the history of the Minnesota Vikings without talking about the heart and soul of that team for two decades, defensive end Jim Marshall. If you look at the game back then, it wasn't very pass happy. Yes. Teams were all run first. It was. Less passing is less sack chances. So there's that. And I would also argue the Purple People Leaders defensive line mentality was almost, I don't want to say revolutionary, but it was not common because Bud Grant told the defensive line to get to the quarterback back in an era where teams ran the ball. So their job was to pressure the pocket, collapse the pocket, and let that trio of great linebackers the Vikings had for many, many years stop the run before right. it really got going. Now, now the defensive line made their share of tackles, but that was not their number one priority. It was to get to the quarterback. And when you had guys like Alan Page and Carl Eller right. and Gary Larson, I mean, Marshall got his, but you've got two other Hall of Fame dudes playing with you, too. You have to take that into consideration as well. I still feel the same way. You know, we talked about the competition he had. So what's going to happen is the list is going to be cut to 12 on July 27th, and they can enshrine up to three, and that's going to be announced on August 22nd. Last year, Chuck Howley, Ken Riley, and Joe Klecko were selected by the senior committee. Now, I have nothing against Joe Klecko. 
I, I don't think I even said this last year about some of the other defensive ends that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If Joe Klecko is a Hall of Fame defensive end, then Jim Marshall has to be. Because Jim Marshall's career ran circles around Joe Klecko. If Jim Marshall played in New York and he played that many consecutive games for that many years and had 130 career sacks and he was either on the Giants or the Jets, he would have been in the Hall of Fame 25 years ago. Like the list we made when we did a discussion last year, Ted, there's a lot of guys on there Yeah, who shouldn't be in there. I mean, good football players, but Jim Marshall, I don't know how he's gotten snubbed so many years, but there's something really cool about this season, and I think he's going to make it. We'll put the list of the other senior committee semifinalists up on the board, and there are some guys that we were surprised were not in the Hall of Fame. Randy Gratishar. I got him highlighted as one of my three. Just a, a great, great linebacker for the Denver Broncos, that famous Orange Crush defense of the 70s. He was the smartest football player in the league for many years. He played at Ohio State. Now, I'm not saying that because he played at Ohio State, but Woody Hayes said yeah. he is the best linebacker I have ever coached. That's something coming from a guy of Woody Hayes' coaching acumen. Now, before you go on with this list, as we look at the chart, I highlighted five guys because I got the same chart right here. Okay. Did you pick any guys specifically? Ken Anderson, I think, is a guy that is worthy of serious Hall of Fame consideration. Carl Banks is another guy played on those great Giants defenses of the 80s with Lawrence Taylor, you know, those Bill Parcells defenses that won a couple Super Bowls. Lester Hayes, like one of the premier shutdown corners of the 80s. Yeah. A couple guys with Vikings connections later in their career, Roger Craig and then guard Chris Hinton. I think Hinton's kind of a fringe guy, but right. but there's a couple offensive linemen, Joe Jacoby and Bob Kuchenberg. I I think I said this last year. Bob Kuchenberg's not in the Hall of Fame. I thought he was in years ago. Out of my list, we have three similar so far. I got Gratishar, I got Jacoby, Carl Banks, Kuchenberg. I got him in there, but I have a few more. Clay Matthews, I can't believe he's not in there. Yeah, and then... Just to the to the right of him, defensive tackle Steve Mongo McMichael played with those great Bears defenses in the '80s, and I, I think McMichael has a very good chance to get in. He's fighting that ALS. He right is. Now. Yeah, he's in really really rough shape. I don't think he's got a whole lot longer. Yeah, I had him highlighted though. Yeah, take that away, and I think McMichael would still be a legitimate candidate. But I I think his worsening ALS condition is probably going to move him to the top of the list. It's a division rival, so we got to watch McMichael yeah. and Richard yeah. Benton, all those guys, quite a bit. He was really disruptive in the middle against the he Vikings. He was. Destroyed the Vikings. <laughs> he was unblockable. So the ALS thing is terrible. I based it off his play. I've seen him play a lot of football. There's a guy I've been fighting for all these years, as many years as Marshall, to get in. And it's Tommy Nobis from the Falcons. A little bit before my time, but he, man, he was a great football player. Besides Marshall, Nobis is probably the second most qualified on this list. So it would be cool if they got in together. And I just think Nobis is hurt by the fact that those Falcons teams in the 70s were, for the most part, pretty bad. They just weren't very good. So does Jim Marshall make the final cut to 12? Yes. I think he does this year. I don't think there are 12 guys on this list better than Jim Marshall. I didn't think there were last year. I definitely don't think that this year. He's going to make the final three. You think so? Well, call right now. Write it down. Episode 100. It's going to be Marshall, Gratishar, and Nobis. Really? That's my call. I had Marshall, I had Gratishar, and I had Steve McMichael. Or McMichael. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I would love to see Jim Marshall go in before he is gone. There's a reason they're on the senior committee. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those more modern era guys get in simply for the fact Joe Klecko got in last year. And, and like of all the guys that were on the list last year to make it, man, I just didn't see Joe Klecko going in. I, I really didn't. You can't have Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame and not Jim Marshall. I mean, come on. I, exactly. You can't. It's ridiculous. It's long overdue, and I, you just kind of feel with the with the throwback and the passing of Grant and Joe Cap. It's just it's time, man. It's time. That's the senior committee semifinalist defensive end. And Vikings legend Iron Man Jim Marshall is on it. Let's hope he finally gets across the finish line this year. We're pulling. Do it! We're pulling for you, Jim.
Now to some more modern era stuff on Netflix. This show called Quarterback was on. Great it's show. A series chronicling a season in the NFL of quarterbacks Kirk Cousins, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and Atlanta Falcons quarterback Marcus Mariota. Right. Good show. I, I really enjoyed it. Did you? Oh, great show. I think it was very well done. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. I was impressed by all the different the angles they shot it from, you know, personal stuff, football stuff. They had a great mix going. Interviewing the wives and family. It's yeah. Almost, yeah. It's almost like Toons has produced it. Almost. 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 Not, not quite Toons' quality, but right, close. It's right there. It, it was good, but it, nothing nothing approaches the 100% effort Toons puts in every week. Does this challenge or change the avalanche of Kirk Cousins haters around, or what, what? What do you think? Temporarily, I think it did. Yeah, I, I mean, on on social media, people were like, "Man, this is a whole different side of Kirk Cousins we haven't seen." And the thing that struck me about Kirk is how tough and durable that dude is. Man, we talked uh, about how how much you know he always answers the bell. One of the most durable quarterbacks in the league, but that really took you behind the scenes of really how much of a beating not not only him but any quarterback takes and what they have to do to prepare every week to get ready to play. Yes. Yes, and especially that Washington game. I mean, they yeah. showed they were showing those hits close up at full speed with volume and it was like, I don't know if I'll be getting up from those things, but he took a beating in that game, Ted. He took a beating every week. Kirk, you okay? Ah, uh, no, I'm hurt. Ah! You like that? I want to do You like that? <laughs> I think overall, that's what I took out of most of it was the fact that the, the toughness. I mean, I know he was a tough guy and didn't miss playing games, but yeah, I thought that it might have been just because he was falling down out of people's way or something. He was getting nailed after almost every pass, it seemed like. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people look at it like that. He kind of voiced the frustration of all Vikings fans. I can't remember what episode it was, but he came off the field after taking another shot. And he said, I'm sick of getting hit on every play. <laughs> and I will say to Kirk's credit, Whatever he said to his offensive lineman, he said when the cameras were not rolling, if he said anything at all. In public, he never once, that I can recall, openly criticized the play of his offensive line. And that went a long way for me in the amount of respect I have for the guy. Exactly right. Exactly right. After you watch him, the highs and lows, he's always the same. Mm -hmm. Biggest comeback in Redskins history was by him. And the yep. biggest one in Vikings history was by him. You know what I don't get with the fans? What's that? Here's an example. You know, last last year's playoff loss to the Giants, we all felt a little empty because I really thought we were going to win that game before it yeah. started. All the fans talk about was that fourth and eight. There's between 16 and 18 awful plays by the defense. Just awful <laughs> plays. Yeah. There's 16, 18, it could even be as much as 20. But what does everybody talk about? Oh, yeah. The fourth and oh, they eight. talk about fourth and eight. How come they don't talk about all those plays by the defense? So last year, I'm looking at it right now. The Vikings lost that playoff game 31-24. to Do you know how many times the New York Giants scored 24 points or more in the regular season? I don't know. They did that once against the Vikings in the regular season. They lost 27-24. They beat the Colts 38-10. to They beat the Texans 24-16. to They beat the Ravens 24-20. to and then they beat Green Bay 27-22. to So basically, the New York Giants were incapable of scoring 24 right. or more points on a regular basis, except when they played the Minnesota Vikings twice. They did it five times. 40% of that time was against the Minnesota Vikings defense. And in those two games combined, that would be 100% of the time they played the Vikings, they scored 24 or more points. That 100% is telling. 100% of the time. That is telling, dude. That's a Isn't telling it? stat, and that's a stat you need to notice. I mean, if we're going to talk football, and we do this on the post-game shows that are coming back this season, we're going to do the post-game shows with Chris Gates. Yes, we are. And Chris Gates even said, he always harps on, you got to look at the whole game. Football is about, a, what, 120, 130 plays, roughly. Mm -hmm. Look at them all. All the plays dial into what's going on. You're going to discuss that playoff game and just go fourth and eight, fourth and eight, bit to about fourth and eight then I'm not going to talk football with you because you are an imbecile. Have a nice day. On the show, Kirk explained that fourth and eight play. He said, you know, I had I had Justin going down the field, and he was double covered. That seemed like a low percentage throw. The rush was coming. I had to get rid of the ball. I saw TJ, and all he had to do was beat one guy. And if you look at that, 
if Hawkinson does break the tackle, he's got 14, 15, 16 yards and is going to get the first down. Which we know he can break that tackle a lot of times. And more often than not, last year, he did break that tackle. And then let's go back one play before on the third and eight. It was a crossing pattern to to, uh, K.J. Osborne. And Osborne, it was a little bit behind him, but it was a very catchable ball. And if Osborne catches that, it's a first down. And he dropped it. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into a win or a loss. And, yeah, it was on fourth and eight. You want to throw past the sticks, of course. But, man, I can't put that entire loss on Kirk Cousins. If you do, I mean, it was a bad decision. It was a bad play. Yeah, maybe you chuck it up to J.J. in double coverage. Look what he did against the Bills, you know, halfway through the season. But, look, man, I like Kirk Cousins. I think you and I both evolved on Kirk over the years. In 2018, I don't think either you or I were a big fan of Kirk when he signed. I I thought he was not good enough for the amount of money he was making. But he has become a very good quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. He has. You could say, no, he's not. And you're 100% wrong. Didn't he get pressured more than any other quarterback? Yeah, he did. I think he got hit more than any other quarterback. I think he only missed, what, two or three plays all year? Kirk Cousins is good enough to win you a Super Bowl. He's in the top 10 or something of quarterback, at least I think. My problem with Kirk a few years ago is I thought he was soft. I don't think he laid it on the line. I don't think he had enough heart to go the extra mile for his teammates. I've evolved, and I've changed my mind on that. Some people still hate, are always going to hate Kirk Cousins, no matter what he does. I've read the post. I still hate Kirk Cousins. I still don't like Kirk Cousins. Well, then you know what? You're closed-minded to having any change. You can change your mind as a fan on somebody. You are able to do that, Dad. Yes, you are. If you watched that series, like really watched it and paid attention and came away thinking that Kirk is just a guy in it for the paycheck and garbage time stats and whatever, I don't know what to tell you, man, because I don't think that could be farther from the truth. That guy looks for any possible edge he can get to help his football team win a game. I don't know what more you can ask for a guy from that. If the Vikings go to the Super Bowl and lose, the first person they will blame is Kirk Cousins. If they will go to the if they mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl and win, he is the last person they will give him credit for winning the game. Even if they lose 52 to 48 or something, it'll still be Kirk Cousins' yeah. fault. Yeah. It was a great show. I love the whole show. I love the entire series. I just saw it announced earlier this week that there's going to be a season two. They haven't announced who the quarterbacks are, but there's going to be a season two of quarterback, and I'm looking forward to that. All right, so that's the Netflix series. Folks, if you haven't checked it out, you need to go watch it. The reason we talked about Kurt and Netflix is because, look, training camp starts a week from yesterday. Today is Sunday in six days, the 29th of July. The Minnesota Vikings open training camp in Egan, Minnesota. Can you believe it? It's here. Flying by, Smitty. It is. It flying is. Flying by. 100 miles an hour. So this week and next week, we're going to go position by position. This week, we're going to do offense. Next week, we're going to do defense. And we're going to look at any potential training camp battles that we think might unfold. And we're going to start with quarterback. And look, it's it's Kirk's job. Kirk is the starting quarterback. The Minnesota Vikings used a fifth-round draft pick on Jaron Hall out of BYU. And Kirk does not have a contract extension. If he does not get something done, he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. It's Kirk's job. If you think anybody but Kirk Cousins, barring injury, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, you're an idiot. Uh, you're just you're just, you're an idiot. If the Vikings do move on from Kirk, after watching that series, are you more comfortable with Kevin O'Connell and his ability to develop a guy like Jaron Hall? Oh, most definitely, Ted. Part of why Jaron Hall fell into a really good system, really good situation yeah. for himself. A lot of BYU players over the last 15 years have been talked up a lot, and none, none of them really do anything. But, you know, it's Cousins' job. I don't know if Jaron Hall's the answer for the future. It'll be Cousins and Mullins for the one and two spot this year. But Hall is interesting. The more you research him, the more you look at the tape, you're thinking when he works with O'Connell, this is going to be something that really works him into a good situation. So, I don't know. What is he going to practice squad this year? What's he going to do? No, I think he'll be on the active roster. I think one of the rule changes this year is that they can carry three quarterbacks on the roster every week. And now that it's both Kirks and Nick Mullins' second year in this system, I would expect that they're going to give Jaron Hall a, a fair amount of playing time. I would think. We'll see how it goes during the preseason just to get him game reps and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I am too, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be the future or not, like you said. No, J.J. McCarthy, after he wins the national championship, he'll be the quarterback. <laughs> Stop it. I think J.J. McCarthy's dreams are going to go down the toilet once they lose to Ohio State in Ann Arbor this year, but that's neither here nor there. That's another another show for another day. Tunsons. Is Tunsons even here anymore? I don't see Jaron Hall getting any playing time unless it's like mop-up time. 
So running back room, Alexander Madison currently on the roster. You know, there's talk about Dalvin Cook maybe coming back at a reduced rate, but as of right now, a week out from training camp, Alexander Madison looks to be your, your RB1 with Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, the rookie, uh, and Kene Wangwu backing him up. You said earlier that you think Madison will not be the starter by the end of the year. Do you think he could be usurped, if you will, before the first week of the season? This is probably the biggest storyline of the whole thing, the running back crew. I don't think they should bring Cook back. They, I think they should go forward with the plan. These guys fighting it out is going to be a very interesting storyline for me, Ted. Yeah. I think McBride is going to emerge three quarters of the way through the season as being the workhorse. You have kind of said that since the draft. I had him like the fourth round, and I think he went in the seventh round. Seventh round, yeah. There's a question of what's going on with Wang Wu. He hasn't really gotten any time. Chandler is another guy that could emerge. I think he's going to be a change of pace back. I don't think he's a three-down guy, but he's a guy that can come in as the third down back and kind of make his way into the starting lineup. He's just like Jarek McKinnon to me. Okay. You know what would be interesting, being this is a committee, the first two months of the season, some team always loses their back, their big back, yeah, their top back. It would be interesting to see if the Vikings move him. Madison, you mean? Yeah, it would be interesting to see if people are interested in him if they okay. trade him at some part of the season. Because, you know, you're worth a lot more at week four when your back goes down. You're going to get a lot more for your running back in a trade yeah. than you would be off season. I have confidence in Madison. I like Madison. But you know me over all our shows we've done. I need that home run guy. I need a guy that can take it to the end zone. Will it be one guy getting 75% of the carries and then the other three? Mixing in the 25%, Ted, or will it be 25%, 25%, 25% down the line? I think Madison gets the bulk of the action early on just because Chandler McBride and Wangwu, to a certain extent, just don't have the in-game experience Madison does. But if those three guys, when given an opportunity, can make the most of it, it would not surprise me to see one of them sort of rise to the top and start getting more of the carries. Fullbacks are C.J. Ham and Zach Ojile. Look, it's Ham's job. He was one of the cover guys on the throwback jersey debut at C.J. Ham. Wide receiver. There are about 111 wide receivers on the Minnesota Vikings roster right now. How many Jacksons do we have? So we've got Lucky, Tristan, Jermaine, Tito, Michael, and Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Oh, there's like two Jacksons on the roster. Uh, Bo Jackson is about the only Jackson the Vikings do not have yeah. on the roster right now. Or maybe that singer, Joe Jackson. You ever seen him? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh-huh. You got Addison, Jordan Addison, first-round draft pick, JJ, KJ Osborne, Jalen Naylor. I didn't even know her. Jalen Rieger, <laughs> Cephas Johnson, Malik Knowles, Garrett Mag, Brandon Powell, Blake Prohl, Thayer Thomas, and then Lucky and Tristan Jackson. Almost like we have 100 wide receivers. 100. Rieger should be gone. Give one of these young guys a chance. What about Blake Prohl? I think if they go six, I got Addison, Jefferson, Osborne, Naylor, Rieger, and Prohl. I think Rieger makes it because he was a first-round pick, and he can do special teams duty as well. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair enough. I still like the Jermaine Tito and Michael trio. That was that was a that was a great Jackson combo, man. You put them on the same side of the field and <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> one hundred top one hits inbound. Oh, there it is. <laughs> ABC, it's as easy as 1 2 100. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Tight ends, you got TJ Hawkinson, Johnny Munt, Nick Muse, Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver's a guy, look at him more and more. You're like, wow, this is actually a low key, a really good free agent signing for the Vikings. I think the Vikings are really going to stretch the field with their tight ends about 100% more of the time than they did last year. You know, and you got Hawkinson for a full season. I mean, what a difference he made. When he came over at the trade deadline, I mean, there were probably three or four games not too long after he came over. The Vikings don't win. That Washington game was one of oh. them. I think it was his first game. He had like three days to learn the playbook, and he caught, what, nine or ten passes for almost 100 yards. Hawkinson for a full season is going to be a big difference in this offense this year. He's going to be the offense. I think it might even run through him. Being that Dalvin Cook's really? gone, you know, I, well, I, I do because if Addison is what I thought he was, Number one on the Drew Big Board on my wide receiver during the draft. You remember I had him number one. Mm-hmm. If Addison, we know what JJ is. If Addison mm-hmm. blows up, Hawkinson's going to be open all day. Because if you're, if you're oh. choosing to double team somebody, it's always going to be a wide out over a tight end. It oh, always- yeah, that's, that's a very good point. That's an exceptional point. He's got a possibility to be the best tight end in the league. Yards, touchdowns, receptions. Okay, so that's tight end center. Right now they have Garrett Bradbury and Josh Sokol, but you've got Chris Reed and Austin Schlotman that are both slotted as guards and centers. I don't think Sokol's going to make the roster. 
Bradbury's your starting center. Schlotman played last year when Bradbury got hurt. I kind of expect that to be the deal this year. That means he, he gained a spot for this year playing last yeah, I, year. I think so, yeah. That's kind of sin at center. Well, you look at the offensive line, you know, right now they've got Ezra Cleveland. For guards, they've got Ezra Cleveland, Ed Ingram, Ole Udo, Reed, and Schlotman. Same guys they had last year. At tackle, they right. got Derisaw, O'Neal, Blake, Randall, and Vidarian Lowe. The same dudes they had last year. The Vikings, say what you want, the Vikings are very content with their offensive line, both starters and sure. backups. I don't see anybody else on the roster right now. I, I don't. No, and, and you know what, Ted? A lot of teams have their starting guards and starting tackles, and then it's a shuffle every year after that. Yeah. But the Vikings seem to hold on to their depth players. Like Udo, how many years has he been here? Udo, they moved in from tackle to guard. He was atrocious as a tackle, but when he played guard, he was serviceable. Right. The fact that they show some faith in the backups is a good sign. Yeah, I mean, when you look at all these offensive positions, you could argue maybe the last wide receiver spot is open. You could say maybe who's going to be the backup running back behind Madison to begin the season is open. And other than that, man, the offense looks fairly set. I think so. We have a lot more work to do on the defense next week when we're talking back. (laughs) hundred times tougher next week. Oh, another one. Damn it. The tackle position, Ted. We experienced last year what happens when they start getting hurt. Yeah. And we lost O'Neal with the uh, partial tear, the Achilles thing. I still would like a little bit more oomph in there than, than what we got. Overall, I feel better about the offensive depth in 2023 than I did in 2022. Yeah, these guys are a lot more of a known quantity this year. This is the first time since 2014 that the same offensive line is returning at every position in consecutive seasons since before Mike Zimmer was hired man and you know what Ted that doesn't get talked about enough it does not it does not it should have been talked about about a hundred times more than it has been this offseason. right right football is still won in the trenches offensive line defensive line you can give me a hundred other reasons and I would say no it's one in the trenches and the Vikings are finally getting their offensive line together, Ted. They're in a lot better shape than they were a few years ago. This year's a big year for Ed Ingram. If he kind of falters this year, I think the Vikings might be looking at another option. So next week we will talk defense and training camp will be underway, and we can't wait. All right, so now you're going to have to wait for just a minute because we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to do a little commercial ditty. Then we'll wrap the show up with the world-famous, regionally popular, always-imitated Never duplicated <laughs> Tootses by Trivia. Or no, Trivia by Tootses. Oh, man, I screwed that up at the end. Just go to commercial. <laughs> the magic is back. What magic? Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Lethal Weapon 2. And now we're going on video cassette. And man, the magic is lethal. Lethal Weapon 2, for sale at stores everywhere. HBO is going to hand you the ultimate weapon. Be careful how you use it. Always wear the right protection. And this weapon will be your friend. Lethal Weapon 3. We're back. We're back! With Mel, Danny, and Joe. I'm chaos. And he's mayhem. We're a double act. You think I could get a gun this time? No! Lethal Weapon 3. In May on HBO. Okay, welcome to Tootsis Trivia. How you guys doing? Good, Tootsis. How are you? I am doing really, really good. We have 100 plus records. Draft picks that were picked number 100. Miscellaneous 100 questions. And players with two O's in their name. And that'll be a picture puzzle category. Yeah, Ted. Yes. Picture puzzles are back, baby. So here we go. 100 plus records for 100. Which Vikings player has the record for most games with 100 plus receiving yards? Randy Moss. Randy Moss is the first one that comes to mind. I can't even remember the answer. <laughs> Name two and three. <laughs> Carter. There's both Carters. Yeah. Anthony Carter. I would yeah. say Chris Carter and Jake Reed. Yeah. What, what, what do you want to go with? You want Moss, Moss and Chris Carter for sure, right? Yeah. Because like Jake Reed had four or five years of 1,000 yards receiving. AC8 was good, but I don't know that he had that many 1,000 yards. You take Reed, I'll take Carter, Anthony Carter. Okay. But I think Chris Carter and Moss got to be one of the two. I would think so, yeah. All right. Moss was correct. Justin Jefferson is already third? Oh, JJ! Wow. I didn't think he had enough seasons, but yeah. Okay, all right. 
He's still young. He's going to be number one. Wow. He's going to break so many records, dude. Okay, for 200, name the only two Vikings players with 100-plus career TDs. Chris Carter. Yeah, he has 110, I think. Because, like, his 1,000th catch was also his, like, 100th TD against the Lions, I think. It's either Moss or Adrian Peterson. I was going to say Adrian Peterson would be the other guy. Let's go with AP and Chris Carter. Yeah. That is correct. Good job. Nice. Pretty good for a couple of idiots. Totally. 300. (laughs) Name at least three of the four Viking players with 100-plus career TD passes. Do I get 100 bucks if I answer all four? Uh, sure. Name three of the four Viking... Well, we got Fran Tarkenton. St. Francis of Bloomington. Tommy Kramer? Tommy Kramer. Dante Culpepper, probably. Yes, I would say Dante Culpepper. Um... I wonder if Joe Cap had over 100. Nah, I don't think nah. he did. He was, he's, he's only for a couple years. Like, I'm thinking maybe Wade Wilson. All right, I'll go for that. Um, I But, well, let's think about this, though. Anybody recent? We always forget I, about well, I'm, I'm going back, so, you, I mean, it couldn't have been Ponder. What about Joe Webb? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what about Joan Salisbury? <laughs> Rich Gannon. What about the 90s to the 2000s? Yeah, they had a different quarterback every year. Warren Moon had, like, two good years. I'm thinking Wade Wilson because he played a lot because Kramer got hurt towards the end of his career. Tarkin and Kramer, Culpepper, and Wade Wilson, right? Okay. Let's go with that. All right. All right. Cousins was one of them, but you still got three. How can we be so dumb and and forget about Kirk? We're so dumb. God, we're so dumb. We got three out of four, though. That's all she asked for. Yeah, we're, we're just stupid, though. I'll agree with that. For 400, name at least four of the five Viking players with 100 plus career field goals. Fred Cox. Fouad Reves. Rick Danmeyer. Ryan Longwell. Blair Walsh. I, I, I was thinking, well... Man, this is a tough one. Four of the five players with 100 plus field goals. How long was Longwell here? It's definitely Fred Cox. I think it's definitely Fouad. Fouad was here forever. Yeah, I think Blair Walsh had like four really good years before he fell apart. Yeah, I'd go. I'd put his name in there. I'm going to say Sleeping Horse would be Rick Danmeyer. He had to have around 100. God, he missed 150, though. <laughs> Dude couldn't hit water if he fell out of a friggin' boat. <laughs> Ricky Danmeyer. Fred Cox, Ryan Longwell, Blair Walsh, Flood Race, Gary Anderson. Anderson! How can we forget guys like Kirk and Gary Anderson? We're so stupid. Those are friggin' idiots. We still got it, though. All right. This one might be difficult because it was hard to find answers to these, and it went back many years, but let's see if you can do it. These are Viking draft picks that were picked number 100. This one, 2010. Kanechu Desi. Everson Griffin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Drew. I didn't give you a chance to answer. Oh, Did okay. you know that one? Did you know that one, Drew? No. I, I was going to probably say Udesi. But oh, Desi was like in 2002 or 2000. All right, for 287, Georgia Tech, safety. John Turner? Turner was before that. Okay. Keith uh, Nord. Geez, Felix Smith? I don't, Browner. Browner was Felix USC, Wright? Though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I John Turner. I'll go with Turner. Nah, oh. Jay Mustafa. Nay, Reggie Rutland. Yeah. Had the pick six in the 87 playoff game against the 49ers. Remember, and I was in Man, the right towards you, you said. He was running right towards me on the sidelines. I was going, come on, baby. I was drunk. It was raining. It was beautiful. Oh, that was that guy. Okay, I was wondering who that was. All right, for 383, running back, Miami, Florida. I can't remember his name. I was going to say Jarvis Redwine, but he went to Nebraska, I think. Yes. I can't Um, remember who it was. Yeah, I don't know. 83. 83 was such a downtime. Wait, wait, what was it? Uh, Oh, Mark Rudd. Yeah, okay, never mind. It was a good name for a running back, though. Would you have ever gotten that? Nope. No, not in a hundred. Not in a hundred years. <laughs> okay, for four hundred. already. Seventy-eight center out of Utah State. Steve Riley? No, he's a tackle. Dave Huffman. Okay. Jim Huff. Oh, you were close. He was one of the best centers to play for the Vikings during some really wretched times. He was a good yeah. player. All right, I am sneaking up on you guys. I said Huffman, so I get half points for that. Okay, I'll give you 100 points for that. (laughs) (laughs) Miscellaneous. This is just random questions with 100, and I can't even remember what I did. All right. In 2022, how many games did it take for the Vikings to get over 100 points? Well, see, they got 20, 
Three? Three in the first game, seven in the second. No, it's more than three. Five? Four. Four. Four or five. So, yeah, you want to go four? Let's go five. Five. Let's go five. Okay, five. That is correct. Good job, Drewster. What up with that, Smitty? We're on fire. We're going to sweep this whole category. Yeah. We're on fire like Michael Jackson's hair. Remember that when he lives hair on fire? All right, name the only two Vikings who have 100 or more tackles for loss. Scott's got to be Alan Page. Oh, yeah. Alan Page has got to be one of them. I'm going to say Alan Page. Studwell, you think? Studwell had the most tackles in Vikings history. But he didn't get a lot behind the line, though. He didn't. Yeah, his line wasn't behind the line a lot. Um, Page and Eller, maybe? Page and uh, Jim Marshall? Because think about it, Marshall, Page, and Eller played before the sack was an official statistic. Sure. The sack was, but tackles for lots were still statistics, right. right? So if Marshall had 130-plus sacks, if, if you look at him today, that would have mm-hmm. been over 100-plus tackles for loss. So it's got to be Marshall, right? Marshall's got to be one of the dudes, and Page would have to be the other because they played in the same era. Marshall had to have a lot. I, let's go Marshall for one for sure. And then Page. Okay. We'll go old school. You were both wrong. Kevin Williams oh and Jared God. Allen. Really? Oh, Kevin Williams is... Yeah, we missed... Yeah. All right. 200 for me. For 300, name two out of the three Viking kickers with 100-plus touchbacks. I would think probably Reves because he played the Metrodome and Longwell. It got to be Fouad. What about Reves and uh, Blair Walsh? Okay. Walsh, Dan Bailey, and Greg Joseph. But you got one of them. Dan Bailey? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at that. So I will give you 100, and I'll give myself 200. There you go. Ted, we're barely ahead of Tunces. She's closing in, brother. Yes, she is. All right, for 400, name the only two Viking quarterbacks with 100-plus career interceptions. Tarkenton? Tarkenton. Probably Tommy Kramer. It's probably Jeff George. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Tarkenton and Kramer. I agree. You are correct. Good job. Ted, 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 Ted. All right. Best category. Remember, these are Viking players. I cannot remember if they're current. They're probably both current and past with two O's in either their first or last name. For 100, name the player. What the hell is that? Flam? No, that's Andrew Booth. Andrew, Andrew Booth. Booth Jr. Andrew Booth Jr. Yay! <laughs> There you go. All right, for 200, name the player. Chef. Oh, I don't know who that is. Uh, Cook. Uh -uh. Cook. Dalvin Cook. Cook, Dalvin Cook. Chris Cook? Yes. Chris Cook, that's Chris Pratt. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. All right, you got it. Chris Cook. I was 100% confidence on that. Just for the record, Drew and I combined have as many career interceptions as Chris Cook does. High draft pick? Yeah. For 300, name the player. John, John David Booty. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Leave that up there so I can make sure. <laughs> we're stupid, but we're a wealth of knowledge. All right, last one. Name the player. Hunter Goodwin. <laughs> Tremendous. That was tremendous. All right. Thank you guys for playing. We will see you next week. That was awesome. Trivia is back. The show's back. I'm loving it. You guys are back to watching us. You're back to subscribing. You're back to liking. I can't tell you how great it is to be back doing this show after our hiatus and a couple of our live shows. It's great to be back in studio with you, Drew. Uh, You make me laugh and you make me smarter every week, even though we're two really dumb guys. Um, Tunes, the editing and, and the way you make this show work is uh, can't even be put into words. Thank you for all that. We're back in full force. We'll be back with you for the rest of the season. We got a couple of exciting guests coming up in the coming weeks. Looking yeah. forward to a full season of Vikings Report. And then after the games, Vikings Report Rewind. Thanks again, everybody. That's all That's all I can say. Drew, buddy, take us home. Ted Glover, you and Tunes are the uh, backbone of this show. And I appreciate all the effort you put in. I'm just happy to be part of this thing. We're getting back into it. Vikings Report is back with studio shows now. I'm very happy about that. And uh, we've got a lot more to bring you. 
So looking forward to the future. Great episode, Ted. 100 times we've done this. 100 episodes. That's all I got for tonight. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Marshall! I'm Sergeant Murtaugh, and this is my partner, Detective Riggs. We were outside guarding a witness for the state. You know, a big murder case. Hey, kid, do you want to see something cool? Oh, oh, Eagle. Oh. Whoa! Now, what is wrong with him? Is he crazy or something? What? Oh, no, lady. What did she just say, Raj? You should have said that, lady. Say? You want to see crazy? I'll show you, you crazy. I'll show you crazy. Oh. That's oh. Thank you very much. I would like yeah. it if you would both yes. leave now, please. She wants us to leave. Well, that's yeah, just it's great. Great. a good idea, Raj. Come to entertain these yeah, kids. We should leave. To... Oh, no, Raj. I screwed up big this time, didn't I? No. I really blew it. I blew it, Raj. Oh, Reeves, you didn't screw the Reeves. No, 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 everything's gonna be all right. Uh, excuse me, why, why are you on the floor? Shut up! We always do it this way. Yeah, yeah he's right. They always do it this way. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, where was I, Reeves? Oh, uh, you were saying, uh, it wasn't my fault, and, and don't you die, I mean, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, sorry, don't you die on me. You're my partner. You don't die till I say you die. <laughs>